You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Screening in Kingston podcast is back with an all new episode. We're talking about our movie club. Finally, we pushed it a week, uh, mainly to get fan responses because the deadline came and we had a bunch of signups, but everyone was very quiet. So uh, we reached out to everyone and we got a bunch of uh, fan comments, which is great. But also Taylor was on the show last week. So that was kind of a nice surprise. Joining me this week to talk about it is our book and movie club correspondent, friend of the show, friend of Taylor, Katie. Welcome back, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. Um, We literally couldn't do this without you. (laughs) Um, It would just be me spewing kind of like Otto or or Ove or Ove, however you want to say it. I would just be spewing nonsense for for an hour. Um, An old, old man, so... There you go. Um, We've got a lot to kind of cover today because we do have some fan response, which is great. Um, Quite a few people, Katie, admitted they only read, either read the book or watched the movie. Okay. Um, So there's a lot of like just questions (laughs) that they had. Um, So you can field a bunch of questions that that you might uh, just be able to answer. Um, and we've got a few little quick housekeeping uh, bits to go through here. I just wanted to let everyone know that the Oscars pool is going to be out on the Screening in Kingston website the week of February 20th. So about two weeks from when you hear this podcast, it will be out. I'm letting everyone know now because the next couple of weeks we have a few pre-recorded podcast episodes so it's not going to mention the oscars pool so it's out now we should have a couple new episodes before the actual oscars deadline to remind you but it will be up in two weeks february 20th we'll post on our social media the pool will officially open giving everyone about two and a half three weeks to fill out your ballots uh to try to dethrone our champion tyler vance so oscars pool check that out screeningkingston.com slash oscars pool or screening at kingston.com, and you'll find it at the Oscars tab. Join that. Um, Katie, are you ready to talk about uh, this book and movie? I am. I have a lot of questions for you. Okay. Um, because I just, I, number one, but like, well, I just kind of want to get into it. I just want to know from like your perspective, did you pick this because, oh, it's a book, like it's a bestseller book that's coming out and it just happens to be now or like did you have any sort of like history or thoughts or feelings about this book already that were like hugely positive or hugely negative um yes so if so people who know me and know my reading habits know that I generally do not read books written by men um I try to really skew my reading to at this point it's probably like an 80 percent to 20 percent ratio of like women to men Mm. Um, Frederick Backman is the glaring exception. Um, I will read anything and everything that he puts out. I think that all of his books just have so much heart to them. And Mm -hmm. although I can be kind of curmudgeonly like Ove, I also have such a soft spot for this kind of, 
I mean, you could even call it like emotionally manipulative because that's, it kind of is what it is. Like these, these yeah. books are written because they want to make you feel like so deeply. And I, I really do just eat it all up. I love the saccharine. I love the sweetness of it. And you know exactly what you're getting. And so I read this book. Um, I, I've read it last year, I think. I know it's come out it's an older book, but, um, and I, I just absolutely loved it. And so when I found out that they were making a movie with Tom Hanks, who has, I think Taylor's mentioned before on this podcast that I am also a huge Tom Hanks apologist. Yes, that's definitely on the record. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was kind of, um, when I picked this, I kind of had in mind that Taylor would also be on the episode and we'd be able to get into a bit of um, our Tom Hanks battle that we've had mm-hmm. number of times, but um, obviously, I still think that it's worth talking about even without being able to argue my, <laughs> you know, defense of Tom Hanks to Taylor. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, ta- yeah, Tom Hanks, Taylor, not a, not a great combo for Taylor. She's, no. not, uh, she's not a big fan there. Um, okay, that's interesting that you say all that because I definitely, having read the book, watched the movie, I felt... For I don't know if this is the third or fourth movie book club we've done, like whatever. It's just it felt very different to me, like just from just a complete outside, like completely non-educated, like look at it. I was just like, this is different. Like even the movie, like the movie and the book just weren't what I was kind of expecting. Right. Um, we've been doing. I mean, again, maybe it's just genre. We've done some mystery things or some things that are a little bit um, out there. This seems like. I was expecting it to go off a cliff at one point in time where I'm like, oh, this is all straightforward. And then like something is going to happen. And I was a little surprised that I'm like, oh, this is like really emotional. And oh, wow. Like it's continuing to be emotional. Oh, I'm feeling yeah. like I'm, I'm actually feeling, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't like Tom Hanks performance. I thought was really good. I personally like really enjoyed the book. Like I, this has happened a few times where I've, I've liked, the book more so than the movie. I, I don't, I have some very positive things to say about the movie, but just reading the book, my experience was okay. Like this is kind of just a straightforward story. Like this is going to be, you know, what's going to happen. Where's it going to go? And I was shocked at like, I'm glad you said emotional manipulative. Cause that's exactly how it felt like. I'm like, you're just doing these things to make me feel. Yes. And it's working. Yeah. And, and like, you can't even be mad at it because it's done, I think in such a beautiful and wonderful way. And especially with the book, it is such a testament to whoever is translating it because the book is originally written, you know, it's not in English. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the translation or the translator has just done such a wonderful job, I think, of of making this accessible and still very emotional for English yeah. reading audiences. Oh, without a doubt. Um, it's yeah, it definitely is. So let's let's expand on that. Let, let's just get into with the book first. Um, and then transition right into the movie. Like, just talk about both, Katie. Like, what did you think about overall the book? Give some general feelings and then give us your general review of the movie. Um, yeah, so this book, again, it was, like, I've loved Frederick Backman for a while. Um, if you were fans of this book, I'd recommend reading um, Anxious People and the Beartown series, um, both of which phenomenal, also very emotional, will make you feel very warm. Um, so I was urged to read this by both my sister and my dad. Um, so I did. And they put it to me that it was kind of like the story of the old man from Up, 
but in a mm. less fantastical Pixar-y setting, like in a real world yeah. setting. Yeah. And and that is exactly what it is, right? It's, it's Carl from Up, who's just this curmudgeonly old man who, you know, he he lost his wife and all of a sudden doesn't really see what, like he's forgotten what it means to live until these other people come into his life and, and show him again. And he lets mm. them in. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting that um, one one little thing that I, and again, you, I finished the book several weeks ago now, so feel free to correct me if my memory is playing tricks on me or something's happened. One of the things that I was surprised at in the book that I wasn't surprised at in the movie because of just the way it was presented was as I was reading the book, I was kind of getting this sense of like, okay, older gentleman, he's obviously like, whatever, maybe had a rough life, had bad things happen to him. And he's just kind of going with this is, but I didn't pick up on the fact that this was a story about a person who was going to end his life. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that at the beginning or right away in the book. Like I, I felt like I was given sort of like little things and eventually it got there. Whereas in the movie immediately, they were like, this is what's happening. And it was a lot clearer. And one of the things that when I was reading the book, that was the first sort of turn it took where I went, wait, what? Like, I kind of like, almost like had an emotional response of stopping being like, wait, where, where is this going? Um, and I thought that that was like the first moment of being like, oh boy, this is going to be an emotional roller coaster. Um, I, I have to say, I was very delighted by the book too. Like your review is great. Um, I was very delighted by it. I thought the characters were really fascinating. I want to get into a few of the changes eventually um, between the characters from, from book to movie, but I really like the characters. I really like the setting. Um, it is interesting to be reading, uh, you know, translated material. I am wondering what, what, is there anything lost in translation that, that might, might've passed me by. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was a, a great read. Um, so tell us a little bit about your experience watching this this movie. How did how did Tom Hanks and company do? Um, so I was actually pretty skeptical going into this movie, mm. even though you know I was excited for Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah. also Tom Hanks has had a couple of missteps lately. You know, coming off of off of Elvis, I don't know if his goodwill is necessarily as intact as um, it has been in the past. You were not a fan of his performance in Elvis. So I actually have not seen Elvis. You haven't seen it, okay? okay. No, but I've seen enough to know <laughs> to get the gist of the um, Tom Hanks performance. The- Probably have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably true. So I I was a little bit, because I was like, oh, you did that movie? Like, is this movie going to be a weird misstep on his part? And I was also skeptical about the, the Americanizing of it, like changing his name to Otto mm-hmm. and setting it in the States and having his neighbors now be, you know, a Mexican couple. And I was like, oh, was that really necessary? But I actually, once I got in there and once I sat down and, and everything started, I was completely absorbed and those things didn't really, they weren't nagging at me. Um, I just was able to kind of let the movie wash over me and they didn't bother yeah. me in the same way. Um, yeah. I, I will say to your point about, you know, him trying to take his own life, mm-hmm. um, I guess we should probably, you know, trigger warning for for anyone who, um, with suicidal ideation um in the books it is it's it's dark but it's more 
comedy dark in a way. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of twisted that he's trying to do this thing, but it's also kind of played for humor in a way in like a dry, I think probably very Swedish way. Um, mm-hmm. I found in the movie that it was actually a little bit more troubling. Um, all of the, seeing it on screen, it, it's much more darker than it is in the book when, you, when you're faced with that on screen. Um, so that was like a little bit jarring, but I do think overall it was handled well. And again, you know, spoiler alert, the movie does have like a happy ending. He doesn't end up taking his own life. Like he's just going through something. Yeah, I think I think spoilers are are, are a, a given like here, but here, yeah, yeah, it's good to remind people that we will be spoiling the end. Um, yes, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I think for for me, n- knowing what I knew going into it, I, you know, did change things a little bit. But I do agree with you that watching him on screen in silence, the room's relatively dark, silently drilling a hole in the ceiling doing all these things was very impactful as well. Um, and I, again, I'm not saying it was a knock against the movie to like introduce that right off the bat. I just think it was different and it's still handled very well. Yeah, I do. Um, I do think it's handled very well um, in the yeah. movie. And I, I will say, yeah. I think that there were some beautiful like directing choices stylistically with the flashbacks and just how, you know, him in his older age, having a conversation and it overlaps into a conversation that the young, young, Otto, also played by Truman Hanks, who is like kind of the yes. unknown Hanks. The unknown Hanks. Um, <laughs> We've seen him. <laughs> yeah, th- that he's having and just like the use of mirrors and and him looking at himself in the mirror and seeing Sonia behind him. Like, you know, not ashamed to admit that I walked into that theater and looked like, 10 minutes into the movie. I think I was weeping and I don't think I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the movie was powerful. It was so well done. I, I agree with you. The directing choices were great. Um I really liked his neighbors um, just as like performers, as actors, yeah. as, as everything that they did. Like I, I liked the choices that they made. Like some of the deviation was different. There's a few things like always I wish I had a little more of that I really enjoyed from the book. Like I wanted I wanted a little bit more about the um, the connection back to the father, like the relationship with the father. Yeah, um, that was one of the only critiques I had and like I understand Mm. you need to cut things out because you can't have a movie like this be five hours um is is we did not see enough of his relationship with his father and also Sonia's relationship with her father because I think that those two things really make it make sense Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. is interesting I noticed because I watched the trailer a couple of times is there are things in the trailer that are not in the movie Interesting. Like in the trailer, there Otto. is a scene of Sonia introducing Otto to her father, which is like a big oh. part of the book. Um, and that was cut out of the movie. So it, it does make me wonder how much was actually shot and done. Like if there was someone who was Otto's father and they, hmm. you know, showed that or filmed that and it just didn't make the final cut of the movie. Yeah. I mean, that does happen all the time. Like that they're, they, they, obviously shoot a lot more than they end up putting in so that is interesting um yeah it was the big piece that i felt was missing um i especially enjoyed um learning a little bit more about um over when he was younger and his relationship with his father um and getting kind of that in in the work that he was doing um and his connection to the the railways and the trains and like that kind of thing yeah i really i 
I really missed that. I mean, I like what they did. Like in the movie, you know, he's going to his, you know, he he meets her still on the train, but he's go, you know, he was coming from his his army physical. So I mean, they they made it work, but I did I did for me feel like that was a part of the book that oh, like I really liked this, and it wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, and I think that um, like the actress playing Sonya, she had a she had a tough job because you really kind of have to get that this woman is like a free spirit breath of fresh air Mm -hmm. and just like brings all the color into his life Mm -hmm. and i think that she did the best that she could but i think that that she just didn't get enough yeah 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 and they spent they spent a lot more time and they spent you know uh, you know probably in terms of the movie rightly so they wanted to build that relationship with him and the people in his block yeah. And that was kind of the main point. But yeah, you're right. Like you're missing a little bit of that. I mean, it's really, it's so funny how you, you're, you're comparing it to Up and the old man from Up yeah. and how the, they in a, mon, in a silent montage under music in the matter of a few minutes showed the impact um, of, of that relationship stronger than this movie did yeah. with several flashbacks. I, I find that very interesting. Yeah, I agree. I actually, that opening's, um montage from up i just think is like one of the best things that's ever been on screen in terms of what it was able to communicate and i think it's eight minutes wow that's a bold statement what really like one of the best uh, that you've ever seen on screen yeah like like just one of the absolute best things that i have like it's just brilliant and it was so well done and as you said you understand like that could be in itself a movie you understand exactly who that person is and what his life is I'm also really shocked that it's only eight minutes. Like I thought it was longer. But... Don't quote me on that. It might be okay. longer, but I feel like it was we'll it's it short. Yeah, it's it is short. It is short. I just thought it was at least like fifteen minutes or so, but maybe it is less. Um, yeah, no, and and I agree, and I think that that's if I'm gonna have a criticism of the, of the movie and and like translating the the book to to screen, that would be my thoughts too. Like I think we're on the same page for that. I will again say that otherwise. I really enjoyed the movie and like the film watching experience. And I think the movie did do a good job of still laying in that emotion. Um, Again, like with some, I don't like when things get wrapped up a little too conveniently. And the only other thing I had written down that I had an issue with was the way the kind of issues with his neighbors were solved. Like they were going to be kicked out. um, And the way things like with the influencer um, and that kind of thing, I, I just thought it wrapped up a little too neatly for me um i wanted to see maybe something a little bit different there but other than that like those are literally the negatives i wrote down about the movie everything else i like thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed especially the performances like i i i don't like to always you know contradict or or go against my co-host but i i think tom hanks knocked it out of the park and i think he's he he is a great actor like i really do I don't think you have to apologize for him. I just personally think Taylor's wrong. So, you know, I thought he did a great job. He was the perfect pick for this. So uh, actually, I don't know if Taylor has told the story to you before, but um, like Taylor and I met in grad school and we were in a Mm -hmm. class together. And like the first classes before Taylor and I were friends or like even really knew each other Um, for a while. She didn't know my name. And we were sitting in this class and she was going on and on to the person sitting next to her about how much she really did not like Tom Hanks. And I was sitting across from her and I think I just very quietly went, well, I really like Tom Hanks. 
And so that was the start of our relationship. And it actually yes. took a couple of months for us to actually um, become friends after that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, it's hard when you start. When Tom Hanks is between you. Yes. That's a difficult, difficult, you know, difficult road to pass. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think it's really funny um, that she, she was just bashing him. I mean, she's she's brought up a lot of great points. Like she, she it's not just out of nowhere. Um, Taylor has a lot of reasons why uh, she doesn't like Tom Hanks. Um, I I, th- I still think he's a superb actor. I think you can look at a lot of his performances and say, okay, he's different in all these things. He works in these different scenarios. I mean, he can play a role like this now because of, of I think, his age and who he is and he was able to do it. But th- he's playing against character here, which is what you want out of an actor. Tom Hanks is not anything like this guy. No. Like, Tom Hanks is bright and energetic and friendly and seems very like has, you know, very, very much like an outwardly personality. He's very, you know, kind and connected to people. Like that's what he seems like. This character is so different. Like this character, especially at the beginning, just doesn't want to have anything to do with anyone, but also gets obsessively caring about certain things, which I thought was always very, very funny. Yeah. He doesn't care about people. But I'm gonna mo- I'm gonna back your car up for you because you're doing it wrong, and yeah. I need to like repair this. And I really thought Tom Hanks did a great job of not making those switches seem forced or weird. He yeah. went from I don't care about you at all to well I got to move your car though, and you understood it was because he wants it done the right way. He knows how to do it. And he's frustrated with the people around. Yeah, and you know no one can get quite angry like Tom Hanks can. I think that. <laughs> yeah. He is just one of the great angry actors that we have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like you said, I think that in the movie, the the tying up neatly with the Anita and in the book, it's Rune. I think in the movie, they changed his name to Ruben and the influencer and Mike Birbiglia showing up. Um, I do think that in the movie that was kind of rushed and tied up pretty quickly. In the Mm -hmm. book, it's much more um, kind of, threaded throughout where I didn't feel like it, it didn't feel as forced to me. I was okay with that plot line in the book. Um, but on the flip side in the movie, and I think that this is a testament to Tom Hanks's portrayal and the woman who plays, um, uh, what's her name in the movie? Is it uh, the neighbor in the book? It's Pravna. Oh yes. Um, uh, uh, Marisola. Marisola, or, yeah. Um, Marisola, yeah, Marisola. Um, sorry, I'm just going to look up the actress because I always feel bad when I don't know her name. Okay, so yeah, her name absolutely. is Mariano Trevino. And like their performances were so phenomenal that I I felt like that relationship on screen was so natural. And like I never once didn't believe that he was starting to slowly come around to her and she was chipping mm-hmm. away at him. Yeah, and and I felt that it was instantaneously. Like the chemistry was there right away. Yeah. And you could like with her performance, you could tell right off the bat she's not leaving this guy alone. Yeah. Like it was almost like just in the look that she gave, it was in the things she said, like she wasn't gonna back down. And you could just tell and it did feel really natural. Like and it's it's so interesting, especially like over the past couple of, of months, really, I felt like Every time I go to see a movie that's a new movie, I'm maybe overly critical or I'm feeling kind of grumpy after the movie. Being like, well, this was weird. I didn't like this. Whatever. This was one of the few times where I've gone to a movie recently and because the performances were so natural 
because the talent was so strong and because this ensemble was just believable in all their roles, I just kind of sunk into the movie and was into the world. And she was a huge part of that because the minute she showed up, I felt like the movie like kicked into gear when this family arrived. So I thought that that was, yeah, well done. So definitely a credit there. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, I, I think that the reason that this is so, like, so many people kind of love it is because I think we all kind of have, like, a bit of an auto in us, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, they don't show it in the movie. It's in it's hinted at when he clips the coupon where it's, where it's the deal on flowers. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a buy one, get one, right? And they don't yeah. show the interaction in the movie. But in the book, it's just, it's so great. Because I have this thought all the time, especially when I'm grocery shopping, because Metro always has the, the buy one, get one, or, you know, get two for $6. But one is like four fifty, And it's like, well, why can't I just get one for $3 then? Yeah. <laughs> and so when he's having the argument with the florist about, you know, the two bouquets for $12 or something like that, and he just wants to pay half price for one, and she's trying to explain that's not how it works, and he's getting so frustrated. I'm like, yeah, why doesn't it work like that? I am auto in this situation. Yeah, I, I honestly think we can all recognize ourselves in that moment for sure. And I, <laughs> there are, listen. Sometimes these things are just true. Like sometimes that's just a frustrating rule because they want to make money. Like there's not a logical reason behind it. And Otto is 100% correct. Like it should be that way. Um, sometimes people's music is too loud. Sometimes people are too intrusive. Sometimes people are messy and in your space and, and that type of thing. So like I understand definitely. And I think I think you're right. I think everyone can see a bit of themselves in Otto, which makes him such a such a lovable character even though he's doing and saying things that you shouldn't like him like i just don't think like in the on the surface you shouldn't connect and like this character but you're pointing out a really good thing of well if you see a bit of yourself in there you you start to kind of realize that and i, I thought the book did a great job of making him feel not only real but like because we got stuff from his past because we learned so much about him you begun you begin to care about him in such a different way that you kind of get where he's coming from you see where he got there you can kind of relate to him yeah so i don't know if you've um looked into the backstory or the inspiration of this book at all no i haven't so what happened i think is that frederick backman he saw um an article about a man named obe who had thrown a fit because for buying tickets online or something or he was at a museum or something and he couldn't buy tickets and so he it was technology based and he was really upset and Frederick Bachman was like really instantly related to that man um mm. and then he started writing a series of blog posts called I am a man named Ove where he yeah. himself was speaking like he was Ove yeah and then he realized that there was potential here for an actual novel um, but I think because he started out by kind of inhabiting that character, that's why he's so relatable and lovable because the author mm -hmm. has such a, a kinship with him. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's really cool that I didn't know any of that. That's, that's so interesting. And I mean, it, it adds to the realism of it that, you know, if, if the author has such a affinity for this real person and, and here's a real incident, it's easy to then start putting yourself in that position 
as the reader when you because it's real and it's something that we can all understand. Um, I mean, who hasn't? I'm sure most people out there have had an argument with someone at some store at some point in time about something ridiculous. <laughs> That's a ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I'm sure absolutely. And in the movie, when he's at the hardware store and he's talking to the cashier and asked for the manager and, and it's someone yes. who's even younger and he's just like, <laughs> yes. what? How? What is happening? That was, good. that was so good. I loved that. I love that in the movie that like we, you know, he wants a certain amount of rope, but they sell it by the feet. Like he basically wants five feet of rope, but they sell it. Like he, he, by the yard, yeah, yeah, by the yard, and he's just—I love that. I thought that was so real and so um, relatable. Especially, yeah, that that made me—that was the first big laugh I had. Was the the young young manager coming up and like that's the way it is now, yeah. right? I mean, people in retail are often young managers. Like that's that's what happens. So yeah, um, that was <laughs> definitely funny. Um, before we get into fan questions. Um, I kind of have one fan question that relates to what I was going to ask you. So I'll, I'll give credit back to the fan here. Um, and so this, this comes from Alicia. So Alicia wants to know um, from you, Katie, um, what are some of the major changes that the book and the movie had that you either liked or didn't like? And do you find that there's always one or two changes that when you're reading a book, and you know a movie's coming up, you think that they're going to make. So a couple different questions in there, but I wanted to ask you just to list out what are some of the other changes that you either liked or didn't like. So let's deal with that first. What are some of the other changes from book to movie that you either liked that they did or didn't like? Um, well, I think we've already talked about the um, just less of background on him and his relationship mm -hmm. with his father, which we would have liked to see a little bit more of, but understandably things get cut for time. Um, another change that I thought they, they handled well, um, was with the, in the movie, it's a trans character in the book. Yeah. It's a, it's a gay character. And again, I think it's just kind of updating it to our current, you know, 2022, mm -hmm. um, making it more, more topical. Um, so that was a change, which again, I didn't really mind. It, it fit for me. It didn't bother me. Yeah, I, I think it works because, you know, it's it's now. So you're, you you want to make it more topical. You want to shift it. Like, I thought that change worked very smoothly. I Honestly, I didn't even, like, it, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's different. But it didn't, like, impact me. Like, I thought the way they handled the movie was actually quite good. Like, yeah. I, liked, I liked that whole sequence. The only thing about changing it is that, you know, in the book, the gay character gets kicked out from home because he comes out to his parents or his dad. Mm -hmm. Um, in the movie, the trans character gets kicked out of home kind of in because like this character's clearly been trans for a while and it's kind of like, mm -hmm. okay, why are you getting kicked out now? Yeah, they didn't really go. They just needed some they needed to have that happen. Um, yeah. which is is fine. And then the mm -hmm. book did have the reconciliation because it's the owner of the cafe and Ove comes and has like the talk with the owner of the cafe about it, right? Right. And like kind of plays a role in reconciling. So I did miss that storyline a little bit in the movie. But again, you get all these storylines and they get a bit too convoluted. Because they definitely wanted to do the Anita yeah. and, and Ruben thing. I don't, I don't know why I don't remember that reconciliation at the cafe from the, from the book. Like, I'm, you're, I'm sure it's true. I'm just, I'm trying to remember. I feel like. I think that it happened because he, yeah, I I think that that happened. 
Right. Okay. I don't think I'm making it up. No, I don't think you're making it up either. I'm just, this is one of those things where you read something and you really enjoy it. And then when someone says something and you don't recognize it, you're like, wait, how did I, like, how did I miss that moment? But okay, that's, that's fair enough. Well, it's like with Death um, on the Nile when you and I completely missed the ending of the book. Oh yes, we completely, well, that was complete. that was, I think for very different reasons. Um, <laughs> that was a, that was a mess of a movie that I think kind of messed us up after reading that book. Um, yeah, that was, that was a moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think those changes worked, um, for, was there anything else that like you didn't really relate to? Was it really just, you wanted more of the background? Like, um, I wanted more of the background. The other thing that I would have liked to see, like the book ended, I think in a really beautiful way. Cause all through the book, he's obsessed with his sob, right? Like in the book, his mm. car, he drives a sob. And in the book, what happens is Pravna is actually selling the house and a couple comes through and she asks what kind of car they drive and he drives a Saab. Do you remember this? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, this I remember. Yes. Yeah. So like, I really loved ending on that note and the movie didn't mm. do that, mm. which yeah. is fine. But I think that I just really loved the ending of the book. So I thought that I would have liked to see that at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely fair. Um, yeah. And, and like, from my perspective, I really just did enjoy overall, like I thought all the changes they made was understandable. Um, I know that like, I get why they made some of the changes they made. I get they have to cut things down. I was just disappointed that the backstory and the connections with the fathers weren't there because I had felt like it gave me so much more of an understanding um, of, of the character, like of Otto, of Ove, like I, that was just something that I was like, spoke to me in the book. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but other than that, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, the second part of the question here is when you're reading books now and you know, a movie's coming, do you have moments where you're like, oh, I think they'll cut this in the movie. Like, does that happen? Um, no, actually, I don't really think about that when I, when I'm reading. Hmm. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to. No, I don't actually think about it till I see a movie and then I'm like, oh, they cut this out or they cut that out. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes yeah. it's been a while since I read the book. I'll go back and reread the book and be like, oh, wow, they cut out this whole story. I forgot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And if unless a movie, unless a book's very, very short, you're, the movie's going to be cutting out quite a bit because yeah. it's, it's trying to fit it to around two hours. Yeah. So you always know something's coming. I actually, I think the only time that I actually actively thought about it when reading the book was Harry Potter. Yeah, I remember yes. reading the Harry Potter books and being like, "Oh my god, what are they gonna do?" Because they cut this part out yeah. of the last movie, so how are they gonna deal with it? Yes, I uh, I concur. That one definitely <laughs> Harry Potter. There were there were a lot of interesting choices uh, when making those films. Um, okay, let's get into some other fan questions. A lot of these are, are addressed right to you, Katie. Oh so we'll uh, we're gonna get your thoughts on a lot of gone things. Well, they knew you were coming on the show Fair. again. I'm not going to do this alone. <laughs> so um, Deanna wants to know, um, Katie, um, have you read Brit Marie Was Here? Um, it's another uh, book that I really, really enjoy. I don't think they've made it into a movie yet, but it's one of my favorites. Um, have you ever read it? So uh, I feel like very shamed now, but it is the only Frederick Backman book that I have not gotten around to reading. Um but it is on my list and I am planning on reading it. So th this one's like slipped your radar. Is this relatively new? 
I think I kinda... I discovered no, it's not new. It's it's it predates a man called Ovid. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I came to Frederick Bachman because of the uh, his most recent book. Um, well, aside from the Beartown trilogy, was Anxious People, and that one caught my attention, and I read it and I loved it. So then I went back and I read Beartown, which is about a hockey town in northern Sweden, but honestly, it could take place in Ontario. Mm. Um, and I really loved that. So then I went and I read. I'm kind of reading in reverse order, I think. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. called Obey, and then uh, I will get to Britt Murray was here. I think I have it on hold right now from the library. Okay, uh, there you go. So you're going to get to it. Uh, and next time you're on the show, you'll have to report back. Yes. <laughs> so our fans can know. Um, next one comes from Emmy. Uh, and Emmy says, I have to be honest, um, I only had a chance to see the movie uh, and didn't have a chance to read the book. However, about 10 minutes into the movie, I realized I've seen a movie similar to this before. After a few minutes, um, I was confused, but then I figured out that I must have seen an earlier version of the movie. I did my research after, and turns out a couple years ago, A Man Called Ove was a movie that I saw, a different uh, adaptation of this exact same uh, book. Have have you seen uh, that movie before? So I think um, I think actually Nicole mentioned this the last time she was on mm-hmm. that the yeah, she did. really loved the Swedish adaptation and again ashamed to say I have not seen it. it I did mean to watch it um, last week or this week after seeing this movie in theaters but I was so emotionally spent after this movie honestly I just really wasn't sure if I was ready to sit and like be emotional for another two and a half hours. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's a, that's very understandable. I, just, like, I think that need, that's a good idea thing. I need if I'm going to watch another movie, it needs to be something fluffy. Like I'll probably watch Shotgun yeah. Wedding with uh, Jennifer Lopez because I just need <laughs> I need a palate cleanser. I need a break. I need something where I don't have to feel. <laughs> that's a that's a palate cleanser right there. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't know this movie existed uh, either until like until Nicole brought it up. I didn't even know it it was a thing. Um, so yeah, I, I've never, I've never seen it, but if there was one person I thought maybe did see it, actually, I thought maybe you had because of the book and yeah. because of doing this movie, I thought, oh, maybe Katie's actually seen it. I mean, I should, because I, I love the book so much and like, it's something that I would have sought out before, but yeah. That, that's also a funny thing, uh, Emmy, that you're saying, um, that you were sitting in the theater and you realized, wait a minute, have I seen this before? As you're, as you're sitting there watching it, that exact thing hasn't happened to me before, but sometimes I will watch a movie and, and think, oh, this is familiar. Or like, have I seen this? Like, Katie, has that ever happened to you where you didn't know you were watching a remake and that you've seen a remake? Like, have, have you ever been in that scenario? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think it's happened before where, you know, one of my favorite types of books to read. I love like when people do retellings or they'll take a character from like a classic piece of literature and make a new story about them. Hmm. Um, and so I think that that happened before with me, I was reading a book that came out recently and all of the characters seemed really familiar. And then I was like, why is this sounding so familiar? And then I realized it's because it was like a retelling of the Greek Gatsby. Oh, <laughs> um, so so things like that will happen where I'll just I'll see a book yeah. or I'll hear good things about it, but then I'll forget what it's about. And I start reading and I'm like, oh, right, this is a Gatsby retelling. That makes sense. That's why I recognize like Jordan Baker and Daisy. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, just people recognize things like how memory works and think it like there's, I've never definitely had that moment where I've sat in the theater and been like, oh, I've for sure seen this before. Sometimes things will be familiar and I'll think, oh, like I, th- that's very familiar. And then maybe it's because of something else. Um, I wish my parents would have that because I think like I brought up on the show before Katie, they keep watching sequels before the, the original movie. And thinking it's the only movie, like It Chapter Two, the second uh, Jumanji movie. Right. Like you would think, you would think at one point you it would clue in. Oh, maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. Uh, but apparently not. Um, next question here comes from. Uh, well, this <laughs> this question comes from Katie. I assume it's not you. Not me. Uh, you're not writing in uh, to the show yourself. Uh, uh, Katie says, um, "Hi, Katie. Great to have you back on the show again. I had a question for you about the ending of the book." I have to be really honest here. I was reading it and reading it. I just haven't had time to finish it. And I'm going to listen to this podcast episode. And for the first time ever, I would like you to tell me what happens at the end of the book. I've been reading it and really enjoying it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts um, and give kind of your sense on what happened and how you felt about the end of the book. So please spoil it for me. What happens at the end of the book? And that's from Katie. With pleasure. Okay, I'm trying to do it without uh, crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so basically what happens is that, um, you know, Ove, he has a heart attack. And mm-hmm. he goes to the hospital and, and Pravna is there with him. And that's when they find out that his heart is too big. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious. But anyways, he recovers from that. And he lives for another, I think it's three years three or four years yeah that was hard to tell in the movie i think it's four years because on the tombstone sonya's date of death is 2018 Mm. and at that point she had been dead for six months right and then his tombstone at the end of the movie says 2022 yeah okay so both so like roughly you know three to four years but four years in that time you see um like in well, in the movie and the book, they both kind of do this because the book kind of glosses over and says for the next three years, you know, Ove became part of their lives. Um, and in the movie, in Marisol's house, you see all of these photos of like Ove with the kids. Oh, my God. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Yeah. No, and it's it is like it's it is an emotional ending. Um, it's something that I thought I thought the book was like it was a really powerful, strong ending. Um, I still thought the movie did a good job with it. I don't think it was as detailed um, for me, at least as, as the book is. But yeah, that's uh, it is such a it's such a cap off to what was such an interesting story and like a long life. And what I really liked was that you got to see that in the few years kind of after this incident, he continues to have such a big impact on everybody in the community. Yeah. Um, which is like really was really nice. Um, so as I mentioned, the the so at the end of the book in the movie Obey dies peacefully in his sleep and the in the book he has like this huge funeral where like everyone in the community comes to it it's not clear in the movie that that's exactly what happens Mm. um and then in the book as well he's left everything to Pravna and she as I mentioned is selling the house and to a couple who has a sob yeah and in the book it just kind of ends with like he's left everything to her and the kids. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. It's a good ending. Yeah. And from, from the movie standpoint, like, yeah, there's things you can infer. Um, but like, I kind of liked, and I get it from a movie standpoint, the like 
tight net relationship that that he had with her. So getting to kind of see her at the grave alone, yeah, um, going back to her family like that, I thought thought was just well done. Um, but yeah, th- there you go uh, for for Katie. We've never had that happen before, where someone's written in and say, "Hey, can you just just give tell Katie me the ending?" Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm getting there, and I enjoy it, but get there. Um, okay, uh, next question here comes from Simon. Um, and Simon wants to know, so he says, um, welcome back to the show, Katie. I'm very interested to see your thoughts specifically on the movie and some of the changes that they made to the characters in the community. I thought some of the changes were well handled and obviously translated for American audiences, but I want to know if you had any specific thoughts of things that you felt they should have included from the book that weren't there. I really enjoyed reading this one, and I thought the movie was a very strong adaptation. In terms of all the screening in Kingston Book Movie Club, so far I think this has been my favorite in terms of the book and movie being pretty close and enjoying them both. So that's from Simon. So any thoughts on on kind of the characters that he meets in the community? Any any change that you liked or didn't like? Um, yeah, first off, I just want to say that I'm thrilled that everyone seems to like be reacting positively to this book club movie mm-hmm. choice. Because um, I know that in the past, we've done some things where the movies have not been great. <laughs> which is also, uh, to, say, to say the least, which yeah. is also fun to talk about in its own respect. But it is kind of nice. It like, is, I didn't yeah. want to get into a pattern of everyone being like, what is this? girls taste like oh my god <laughs> that's true yeah you just come in and drop these like bombs of crazy movies yeah 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 um yeah so with the characters in the neighborhood um again i was a little bit worried about them changing it to a mexican family across the street but then once the movie started and like mm-hmm. marisol was on screen absolutely all of that went away i thought she was phenomenal yeah. i thought they were great um, Jimmy as well was also great. And I think you learn enough about him that he really like had a great relationship with Otto and Sonia. And then, you know, after Sonia died, he didn't, he was lost in his grief too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's an example of like, you know, Otto and him could have helped each other, but Otto shot him out. Yeah. But yeah. then they make amends at the end. So that's nice. Yeah. The yeah. plot line that they kind of cut was the woman with the dog. And her Audi driving, or and I guess he's not an Audi driver. Yeah, her boyfriend um, that lives. Yes. So they kind of cut that story because in the end, she breaks up with him and then he ends up dating the journalist, I think. Uh, her boyfriend does? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, that's vaguely familiar. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was all cut out of the of the movie, which is, is fine. It was kind of a nothing for me. In the book, I was like, oh, great. Another people are coupled up. But not having that in the movie was not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. No, um, that's that's all fair. Yeah, but overall, I, I liked everyone else in the neighborhood. I thought they were great. Um, Mike Birbiglia showing up as the bad guy was also great. <laughs> yeah, he was good. That, yeah, he was good. I mean, the performances all around um, in the movie were, were great. And I thought the characters were all well, well written in the book. Like, I thought they were all great. Um, okay, a couple more to get through here. Um, so this one comes from Angie. Um, and Angie says, this is my first time listening uh, to Screening in Kingston. I just had to when I heard that you were doing a Frederick Backman book. Um, to the uh, hosts, what is your favorite Frederick Backman book? I don't, I haven't read any of the stuff. <laughs> you don't so have another one. Um, yeah, I don't have, I don't have, I have the one. <laughs> so I've already mentioned, oh, it's so hard to pick. 
I've already mentioned Anxious People and Beartown. Then Beartown has two sequels. Um, hmm. I forget what the second one's called, but the third one's called The Winners. Um, oh, what is my favorite one? Uh, they're all so different and they're all so good. I I think that I really loved Beartown just because I have um, my family's like we I grew up in a big hockey family. I played hockey. My siblings played hockey. So it was just very relatable to me, um, just the kind yeah. of people that you meet, um, the politics of hockey, but also how like heartwarming the community can be and how great um, of an experience and like the family that you develop through that. Um, yeah. They did make a show that I believe is on HBO or HBO Max, um, which I did not watch because I heard it was a little bit darker than the book, but I'm still might revisit it. But I think Beartown is my favorite Frederick Backman book. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that uh I think clearly I'm gonna look up a couple of these books. <laughs> like I, Yeah, I would I, suggest I would suggest reading Anxious People because it's a it's mm. a it's like a locked room mystery, but then oh, also cool. just like the same kind of beautiful story. Okay. I will I'm writing that down. I will check that out. Uh, next question here uh, comes from Sarah. Um, and Sarah says, uh, hi, Katie. What is, what, sorry, where, where does this performance rank for you for Tom Hanks in his many roles? Uh, what do you think it is about Tom Hanks that makes him uh, able to pull off all these amazing characters? Oh, where does this rank? This is pretty high for me, I think. Um, it's not like peak Tom Hanks which I put, I put peak Tom Hanks, like 1985 to 1993. Like those, mm-hmm. the 10 years between 85 and 95, I think are like the peak of Tom Hanks's career. Yeah. But of the modern era Tom Hanks, I'd say that this, this is like very close to the top. I mean, he, oh, definitely, he is yeah. the movie. He's on screen for the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, for, for his current work yeah he's he's fantastic this is definitely one of the the better performances recently i mean it's uh, you're great and that's that's a great time there a lot of great movies came out from him and that was that 10 year stretch you just gave like 85 to 95 like that's anything from there is excellent yeah but, uh, yeah it, it was definitely a good performance yeah and so i think that also a movie like this works because he's such a seasoned actor um and it's both a blessing and a curse i think because I, and I wonder if I'm going to, I, I want to ask my parents about this. I wonder if like they who grew up as contemporaries of Tom Hanks and who know him from as his roles in like Apollo 13 and that kind of thing, hmm. if they would have a hard time with this or if it would be, if it just would, would click, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like does having that longevity of a career make something like this harder or easier to do? Yeah. It's, it's a really good question. Um, I mean, I know for me personally, having watched a lot of Tom Hanks movies because he was always a favorite um, of my parents. So I've watched many and almost all of his movies. I think when you're such a good actor, which I, I really believe he is, um, it, it works like to see him in multiple roles. But you ask a really good question. Like, w- would that hinder some people? to seeing the same person over and over again, would that make it more difficult, more challenging? Um, it's it's a great question. Uh, just a few more fan questions I want to get to quickly here. Sure. Um, try to get a few more in. 
Um, so this next one comes from Paul, uh, and Paul says, this is probably my favorite book movie club so far. I really enjoyed this movie, and I thought the book was excellent. I will admit I, <laughs> I had to jump around the book a little bit to finish it on time, um, but thankfully we got an extra week, so I was able to get through hopefully the rest of this book. Um, it One of the questions I had for you, Katie, was... Did you feel that the emotional weight was carried through to the movie well? Having, I assume reading the book first, having gone through that, did you feel that the movie still did a good job of making you feel an emotional throughout uh, the movie? Um, yep, I wept the whole movie <laughs> yep. and I have started to break on this podcast, so I would say yes. Yes, that's a de definitive yes. <laughs> the movie accomplished the goal. Um, but again, there's another person who who said this was their, their favorite. favorite. So I know. Clearly, what are we going to do next? It's a lot of pressure I, now. That, I know. There's a, only down from here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, next question comes from Emma. Emma says, I really, really enjoyed this movie. This is probably my favorite movie I've seen. Um, recently, I thought the performance of Tom Hanks was great. I do have to agree with Taylor that I'm not the biggest Tom Hanks fan either, but there was something about this role that really connected, connected him and this character for me. Tom Hanks brought something to this role that I thought really worked and made such a lovable character out of such a mean person that I really enjoyed it. I will admit I didn't have time to read the book, so I don't know if you got a little bit more of his backstory and learned a little bit more about who he is. Is there anything important from the book that I would be missing just watching the movie? I think you did a pretty good job, Katie, of covering that. Is there anything you want to add? Yeah, um, I think. What you said? Yeah, I just think as both of us talked about, you know, in the book, you get a bit more of like his mom died when he was really young, and you get the impression that his, or not the impression, you you know that his dad is similar in the way, like of just a very logical mm -hmm. human. You get up, you go to work, you support your family, and like that's it. And so his relationship with his dad of just being this kind of like stoic, hard worker, don't cause problems just live your life don't be stupid like that came from his father and you really see how that's affected his life and how then when yeah. Sonia comes into it it's just like this whirlwind of something yeah. he never expected okay last question here um this comes from Maddie um and I saved this one for last because it, it kind of makes sense for this um so Maddie says I thought this was an excellent book and movie I don't have any specific questions I just wanted to give my thoughts to say that I thought the book was excellent the movie was excellent and this really both uh really spoke to me my question is not about the book specifically but about what's going to happen next where does this movie club go from here any thoughts on other book movies you'd like to talk about on the podcast so there you go katie uh anything else that you that you like yeah we'll have to um we'll have to do some some research into some of the the movie adaptations that are coming out i i'm definitely excited for a couple of things but i don't know if they have release dates yet so we'll have to look mm. and see um again this was such a success and i was really really thrilled that the movie was actually good and i'm glad that other people said it was good because i was wondering if it was just me um who was like you know, taken in by the emotion of it mm. and thought it was amazing. <laughs> Seems to be across Seems the board. I mean, at least board. in terms of our fans. Yeah, like everyone is clearly, and as I, I mentioned to you off off air, Katie, that like we had a lot of signups this time around for this movie club. Like this was from the beginning popular. So I think people clearly liked your choice. Like you, 
you've got a home run. Yeah. So that's great. Um, you know, the first one that we did was, was death on the Nile, which I think we were honestly limited to by what was the time that we wanted to do it and what was going to be coming out Mm -hmm. and giving, and like finding a book that was going to be easy for people to get through. Um, where the crawdad thing was just a very buzzy book and then movie adaptation. So it seemed natural to talk about it. Um, there are a couple of adaptations coming out that are in that vein. Like I know that there are some things from Taylor Jenkins Reid being adapted. Um, mm. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and Daisy Jones and the Six, which I think is going to be a TV show. Um, but, you know, that that's something to keep an eye on just because I think a lot of people have read Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and really, really love Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, I have my own feelings about that. Um, but yeah, there are definitely some other things. If people are looking for other adaptations, I know you talked about it on the podcast already, but The Wonder with Florence Pugh on Netflix, which I think you said was a weird movie. Definitely a weird movie. Not not that it wasn't enjoyable in some capacities, it, and certainly her performance was great. But yes, it was a very, very odd movie. Yeah, so that was a very good book. Um, mm. the movie was very, very different. The book is like historical fiction. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. See, that makes me interested to read the book. Okay. If it's, if it's that different. From yeah. The and the movie was like a psychological thriller. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> Definitely. But the movie it's, it's historical fiction because this phenomenon of these girls who could subsist off of manna from heaven was like a real thing in Ireland. Really? Yeah. Um, oh. so the book kind of kind of looks into that and it was I I really liked the book I think um it was Emma Donahue I believe who's a who's a wonderful writer I'm gonna check that out then um, uh, but yeah we will book. we'll do our research and come we'll definitely do another movie club book club I think absolutely um, we'll just have to people seem to want it yeah so let's do it <laughs> well and if people have suggestions or things that they would like to to do as well I think that they're probably free to write in and we can discuss that I'm just talking to Mike now, though, so <laughs> I don't get the No, emails. no, of course. You uh, you are right. Uh, people can. You can go to screeninginkingston.com. You can fill out any of the forms on any of the pages, or you can just email our Gmail, which a lot of people do, screeninginkingston at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. Like, we're happy to, to field suggestions. I'll pass them along to you, Katie, um, and we can take a look at them. Like, that's, that's totally fine. I have no problem with that. Um, there you go. We got to the end of the episode. Uh, we made it. Uh, it's definitely, I, I think, well done uh, by you, Katie, on this pick. Uh, clearly, people really, really, really related to this. Um, I thought it was excellent. Um, and I definitely look forward to having you back on the show again. Thank you. And so I guess we give this a, a read it and a see it. A read it and a see it. I mean, that, that's what I would give it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so if we're on the same page there. Thank you so much to everyone who wrote in. We really appreciate that. Um, definitely continue to write in your thoughts on anything we do. Website, email address, go there. Thank you again, everybody. And as Taylor says, go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.